Well, let's hit record and rock and roll, and hopefully it clears up and it's not too awkward for you. Hopefully I'm frozen in, like, a really handsome way. Uh, you're smiling. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's a start. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, let's rock and roll. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Aaron Fink of Earshot, who's going to be chatting with us today about the new single that they have gone out, as well as what's going to be coming down the pipeline. So, Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, bud. Absolutely great to have you on. Very excited because... I had to think about it for a second, but what came across my desk was that Been a Long Time yeah. is the first original song from Earshot in five years. Yeah. That's almost crazy to think about. It's a healthy chunk of chunk of time. Um, right, so um, I'm the new guy, so I don't know exactly timelines of different things, but I know, yeah, I think they put out an EP... I don't know, 2015 or something. So, so the title of the new song "Been a Long Time" is quite fitting, I guess. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, because there was uh, the Alanis Morissette cover "Uninvited," and I thought, okay, yeah. that's kind of fitting too, right? Like, I guess you know, we're going to release some music "Uninvited," I guess, and then we're going to release another one called "Been a Long Time," which is the first original song. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I mean, take yeah. us. Go ahead. Uh, take us through that. Why an Alanis Morissette cover of all of all the covers in the world? Well, you're Canadian. You should be a fan of it, right? I, I'm 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 honored that you guys would cover Alanis Morissette. Um. So we were once we kind of had this new lineup of your shot in place. We kind of. We're, we all kind of live in different states here, so it's a little bit hard to get together all in the same room. So we're trying to like figure out what can we do to kind of get the ball rolling and get used to working with each other and get used to, um, you know, how everything is going to – the group dynamic, you know. So uh, we were like, let's just get a kind of a cover together to see, you know, how it's all going to work. And then we'll put that out. And then while while that's out, we'll start, you know, writing together and working on stuff. Um, so it was like a good, like, segue thing. It was a good thing for the group internally to see how everybody's kind of, you know, gears turn and all that good stuff. So, But um, in general, too, I always liked that song. Um, I guess, this, you know, the, the tune was my suggestion to the guys and, uh, Will Martin, the singer, has like a really good vocal range, and I could I could hear him like nailing the high notes and all that good stuff. So um, I threw it out to him, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I dig it." So um, I thought that turned out well, <clears throat> and pe- people seem to like it. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something else you mentioned there was, um, I guess, taking a step back. How did you get involved with the group? Right. Um, so I had toured with Will um, in my other band, Earshot, and my other band did a couple shows together. And I, I had met him years and years ago, almost almost about twenty years ago. And uh, we kind of hit it off at the at that time. And 
and hung out. I watch. I would go and watch his band play. So I was a fan of Earshot before I was in the band, which gives me a cool, um, a unique perspective, you know, to see it as an outsider and then to to be an insider. But um, we always stayed in touch. We get along. We got along good back in the day. We, we you know hang out, you know, toss a couple beers back, and um, we stayed in touch. And I guess he he was still searching for the exact right lineup of to relaunch the group. I, I'm not sure what was going on, but he gave me a buzz and was like, dude, you want to, you want to jam with me? And I was like, sure, man. So <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. You're, you're frozen by the way. Just the, so the viewers I'm looking at a, your smiling face kind of frozen in ice. <laughs> well, you're doing well with a frozen picture of me and, uh, yes. I'm using my imagination. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Cool. And so when you came in, because something you mentioned was trying to get a group dynamic going when you guys are in different states. And then obviously, yeah. you know, with the pandemic, there's that going yeah. on as well. Yeah, it's been that's been difficult in that regard. How have you guys made the whole thing work? Is it like a lot of Zoom chats? Is it like, like how does the whole thing work? Well, definitely wasn't Skype because I had to do this interview. I had to download the, the, the damn app, and it was like it wasn't, wasn't working. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a lot of email and phone calls. Um, so you know, most of the guys in the group have like a little home studio set up. I'm actually in my studio now, but um, so a lot of us, you know, re- record our parts and then email them and then you put them together. So it's, it's not the, in my opinion, it's not the best way to make music. The best way to make music is all together in the same room, hashing it out, feeding off one each other, say that's cool or that's not, or let's, you know, you know, stirring it up. So it's a little bit weird. Uh, V email. You have to kind of like I'm doing with the frozen screen here. You have to kind of use your imagination <laughs> and, and fill in the gaps but um, it all, you know, we're all professionals, I guess, maybe on a good day. So in theory, it all should work. And you know, I have tons of recording experience, and Will has tons of recording experience. So, um, you know, it's a bit of a learning curve. But yeah, the pandemic then is like also putting a wrinkle on all that um, because I think by now we would have all got together either in Los Angeles or Florida or Pennsylvania and kind of made a thing all together in the same room, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Do you feel then that, um, cause it's been a long time. I listened to the track. Great track. Do you feel that maybe it would have been better or different if you guys had been able to sit in the same room? I don't know. Um, I, that's a good question. Um, you know, that's a, like a, what if everything in life's like that, but, uh, I think we assembled it and we listened to it and it sounded legit. So we, you know, I mean, it takes, you know, letting you know how we made it kind of takes the sexiness out of it and the mystique, but it, you know, a lot of people are doing things that, you know, this year, that's a little bit, not the way it should be for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the track has been a long time. What is this track about? 
Uh, lyrically, I don't know. I didn't, you know, Will Martin wrote the lyrics. So that's maybe a question for him. But um, I, I, when I listen to it, I, I hear, you know, themes of like isolation and loneliness and, um, you know, maybe asking someone for help or, or, or forgiveness, maybe. I'm not sure. But the, yeah, it's more of a question for him. But, you know, everybody can listen to songs and take something different away from them. It's a little bit, it's ambiguous enough that you could kind of make your own assumptions about stuff. Yeah. Okay. So then let's go with a question that you can answer. And that's going to kind of give you that kind of open to say, okay, well, what was your role in the track and how did you make the track special or significant or unique? (laughs) Uh, Well, if I did, uh, I played uh, the guitars and then uh, Will and I co-produced it together. Um, You know, that was, that was my flavor to the recipe, you know, um, wrote a couple parts here and there, but um, yeah, him and I kind of produced it and, and, you know, kind of assembled it and figured out and put it together. So, um, was it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm most, mostly the guitar guy in this band so mm-hmm. far. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beautiful. Why don't you take us through that sound? Because do, do they want, did Will want you to dial in a sound that was, I don't know, reminiscent of, of uh, Earshot? Or is he totally cool with just your sound? No, I mean, yeah, I definitely have a sound I think hopefully I do at this point <laughs> I'm not doing it right if I don't but <laughs> yeah I have little signature things that I do and and um but I mean <clears throat> I've always been a kind of guy that I figure out what kind of like I you know I figure out what kind of group I'm in and what it's supposed to be and what what the goal is here so um I always try and keep my own personality and stuff. However, I, you know, especially with a guitar, you can kind of turn the knobs to, you know, it's different than singing where you're kind of stuck with what God gave you. Right. But when you're a guitar player or a drummer, you can kind of tune the stuff and use different equipment. So, I mean, I kind of, you know, obviously I know what your shot used to sound like. And so I kind of kept it in that lane and then just kind of added my own flavor to it. But um, most of the groups I do are, are session work or playing with other artists. I kind of figure out what their vision is and what it's supposed to sound like. And I kind of, um, you know, almost like an actor, I guess, a little bit, a little bit. Like you figure out, okay, what's this movie supposed to be and and kind of adapt into that situation. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like to just kind of like bulldoze my way into to stuff i like to um i've always been a song oriented guy um so i'm always like what's best for the song if it needs uh you know flashy guitar solo i'll put it in but if it doesn't need anything i won't you know what i mean so like i don't i I try not to stamp like you know be a bull in a china shop i try to (laughs) you know (laughs) try to like go with the flow and make the song I'm interested in the song winning. You know what I mean? Does that mm-hmm. make any sense? Yeah. 
It does make sense. I was actually speaking of uh, guitars. You have a few on your wall there. Is that an uh, oh. Ernie, Ernie Ball Music Man? Is that what that is? Yeah, those are all Music Mans. Yeah. And then you got an amp. Looks like off to your right. Why don't you take us through your your okay. your gear? Is that what showed up on the record? There were the um, been a long time that we're listening to. Mm. I don't know if I use those. Those are Randalls. I think I might have used. I I usually either use these Randalls. Are you a guitar player? Yes, I am. Okay, right. So I have these old Randalls that you know you can unscrew the the thing. Um, this one says broken on it. <laughs> so I guess I didn't use this one. But uh, anyways, you on for the guitar nerds out there, they've probably seen these. You kind of un- they're like preamps with the tubes in, and you unscrew them. And uh, those are those are cool. I don't know if they I don't know if they're still in production. They might have they might have um, moved on to something else. But I, I always like those because I can kind of I have a stack and I just kind of swap them out for whatever sounds good for the song. But a lot of times I use my um, Hughes and Kettner Triamp or my Hughes and Kettner Duotone. So those over the years, those are the main like big you know old school hundred watt guys that i usually turn to okay very cool stuff cool i was gonna ask another question about um yeah. you know the production team because it says it was mixed and mastered by a couple of uh, people in particular is that just guys that you guys know or is there something in particular you were looking for from the mix and master on the tracks um i think Cedric and Rob. Yeah, Cedric. Yeah, Cedric. I have never worked uh, with before this. I think that's a guy that Will knew. I think he's from Los Angeles. I never met him, but um, yeah, he did. A, he did a good job. And then uh, Rob, I think mastered our Alanis Morissette song as well. So, and I think Rob Brill was had mastered a bunch of Earshot stuff in the past. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, th- those guys, those guys did a great job too. And, uh, kind of tied it all together and, uh, <laughs> yeah, really tie the room together. Remind me of the big Lebowski when you said that. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the rug, right. <laughs> really tied the room together. Did it not? Uh, speaking of tying the room together, something else that came across my desk was that there is more to come from Earshot. So what can you tell us about what's coming up or what we should expect from Earshot? Yeah. Um, same thing. We've just been kind of, you know, um, emailing song ideas back and forth and recording. And there's a couple songs that are in the can. And, uh, I think once we get them, you know, mixed and mastered, we'll, we'll put them out in order. You know, I think the idea is this is to kind of do singles and rock, you know, rock a single out every three months or whatever the, you know, the lifespan of things are these days. It's a little different than in the past where you'd work a song for like one song for like, you know, six months, nine months. But, uh, so yeah, there's stuff there's stuff already done and uh kind of just pacing ourselves. 
Okay. So it's, yeah, it's exciting stuff. There's a lot of good tunes kick, kicking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something I, I noticed is uh, you've been in the industry. It looks like for <laughs> too long. Too long. Um, how oh, do you how do you feel about jaded? The, jaded. <laughs> Jaded prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started, I kind of like quit my day job. Um, I think around 1998, or 19, 1999, somewhere in there. So I've been, I've been doing this, prof- you know, I feel very fortunate and blessed that I get to make music, um, you know, as my lifestyle and career. So um, on that front, I'm very thankful for that. Um, now the music business has taken a weird <laughs> dip in the last couple of years. I, it's, it's changed a lot and, and the money's kind of dried up and it's, you know, everybody in their, and their cousin has, has a band and you can kind of fire up your own stuff and throw it on the internet. So it's a little confusing. I think even as a fan of music, it's confusing. Cause there's so much out there and you're being bombarded with, you know, everybody's social media and stuff. And, um, so it's changed a lot in the last 20 years for sure. But, um, I think, you know, I think, I think the cream still rises to the top. You know, I think a lot of the, the good stuff still finds its way to the surface. And so, but who knows? Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Because um, one of the things I was going to ask is something I've heard yeah. before is, uh, especially musicians that started out, you know, say 1998, 2000, was you knew how to navigate your way through the yes. music industry. Yeah, totally. Right. So, right. So back then you would get like a record, you know, you play shows, you get a, a local audience, like a local. F- the formula would like was very you know, put your ducks in a row. You, you get a band to get a great band together. You play local shows, build an audience, a local audience. And then, you know, the A&R guy flies in and sees you in your home environment and sees the excitement of the crowd and you get the, the deal. And then you go to the studio and you make the album, they put it out. You go to radio, yada, 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 you sell CDs and hopefully the whole thing, um, you know, takes off. But now it's like there's, I mean, in a good way, there's other, it used to be one, one kind of way to do it. I guess for younger guys, there are other alternatives to that these days, um, which might make more sense to, you know, a younger cat than they do to me. But um, I, I guess, I, you know, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody buys nobody buys the records anymore. So it's in that regard, it's bizarre. <laughs> and people will always be like, "Well, when's the full length album coming?" I'm like, well, "Well, nobody's buying anything. So where would the money? You know, where's the money going to come from to make that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a good, a proper full length record costs a lot of money to do it right. Mm-hmm. So if no one's going to buy it, it's there's you know, that, that sub- supply and demand scenario there doesn't make that much sense anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, something that uh, came to mind, because nowadays something that, that people are buying potentially is vinyl. Is there yeah. 
Is there any conversations with Will about doing something on vinyl, maybe? There hasn't been yet. Again, I think we would need a, you know, short of putting out a single, I think we would kind of have to wait till there, you know, the full, there was whatever, 10 songs in a row. Yeah. That could be a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of other conversations, I see a bookshelf and I'm deeply curious what books does Aaron Fink read in the oh. uh, studio? Uh, I think I have a lot of my music type books down here. Let's see what's over here. Well, here's a very Canadian thing. I read this book. It's a be- beautiful book by Neil Peart called Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. That, that's an excellent book. I recommend that one. Uh, what else did I read down here? I got Keith Richards' Life. That's a good one. Yep, I got that one on my shelf. <laughs> that's an awesome book. You know, a couple biographies. I like the music biography stuff. Uh... What else have we got? We got Be the Coolest Dad on the Block. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if I'm the coolest dad on the block, but I have read that book. <laughs> <laughs> Did it help at all, Aaron? That book? Yeah. I don't know. You have to ask my son. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Sweet. Well, Aaron, today we chatted about uh, the track. Been a long time. We've chatted about un- yeah. Uninvited, chatted about uh, your guys' creative yep. process, uh, chatted about onboarding you and bringing you into the into the outfit and uh, yeah. what's going to be coming up next. We chatted about even some of your gear. Um, and I mean, Randall doesn't make that amp anymore or that modular system anymore, right? I, I don't think so. I liked them. I played them for, for a while. I like the, you know, adaptability of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because before the days of plugins, you, you actually had to plug your amp. Right, that's like an old school plugin. <laughs> that's like a real plugin. <laughs> yeah, it's a real plugin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, that's all my questions that I have. Is there anything that you wanted to chat about, Aaron? Before we disconnect? Oh, man. I guess that was pretty good. You summed it up. Yeah, just uh, check out Earshot and, you know, we're on the social media and all that good stuff. And uh, stay tuned and enjoy this song. And we got more coming. And hopefully we'll play some sh- shows. We had one ske- – we had a festival scheduled for um, April. I think it was in either Knoxville or Nashville. But uh, that got postponed, so kind of sucks. But hopefully, hopefully, baby. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast, yeah, today, Aaron. Awesome. Appreciate it, dude. <laughs>